Welcome in to another episode of WeatherWise. It is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, and you know what that means. Well, it's another episode of our podcast, WeatherWise, and it means something else. Right, Sloan? It is a holiday in the station today, everybody. <laughs> it is Chief Meteorologist Daniel Johnson's birthday, so everybody be sure to reach out to him and tell him happy birthday. All right, producer, director, cue the applause. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Sloan. Yes, I'm turning 34 today. I can't believe I just said my age, but that's okay. Um, and for those of you that don't usually listen or you may not know who I am, I'm Chief Meteorologist Daniel Johnson, and I'm alongside... Meteorologist Sloan Haynes. All right, Sloan, so today's podcast, it's an exciting one. We're talking about Hurricane Delta, which shattered records. And uh, we're going to talk about those numerous records. We're going to talk about um, how it formed, where it made landfall, what it did, and where it ended up because it affected Delmarva. You know, this is a, another tropical system that impacted Delmarva this year. Now, it wasn't tropical by the time it got here, but it did bring us some rain, and we'll talk about that too. So... This podcast is all about Hurricane Delta and looking forward through the rest of October. Are there any more hurricanes out there? And what is our weather going to be like here on the eastern shore? So let's talk about Delta first. And let's just first talk about the Greek alphabet. You know, another year going into the Greek alphabet. It's only the second time that we've gone into the Greek alphabet. Last time was 2005. But we're into Delta now. So... And it was a record-breaking storm. You want to talk about a little bit about Delta and how it originally mm -hmm. formed? So on October 4th, which was a Sunday, the National Hurricane Center alerted us that there was potential tropical cyclone 26. And I know what you're all thinking, 26 storms we have seen this season. This was over the Central Caribbean, about 90 miles south of Jamaica, to put it in perspective for you. And again, we're, you know, still in the start of October, those ocean temperatures down south are still pretty warm. So favors or conditions were favorable rather for a storm to form there and to keep it intensified because Delta was another one of those storms, Daniel, that we saw rapidly intensify. If we look at 11 p.m. October 4th again, it became Tropical Depression 26, and now it was about 75 miles south of Jamaica. And if we look at the next morning, Tropical Storm Delta. So again, another quickly strengthening storm moving in a west-northwesterly direction. And it was, National Hurricane Center is pretty spot on with their original forecast that it was going to affect the Yucatan Peninsula, Daniel. Yeah, and remember we had Gamma that was like just ahead of it. And we were thinking they were going to be, you know, the Fujiwara effect was going to happen. And we thought they were going to kind of uh, merge together into one storm. Technically, um, when it comes to the Fujiwara effect, um, Storms don't really combine together. A lot of people think they literally can crash into each other. Storms can't do that. They, once they get within each other's um, effect, I guess, get close to their, um, the other storm, once they get to a certain point, they start to kind of rotate around each other, and then one storm just eventually absorbs the other. It doesn't really crash into it or anything, but Gamma ended up just kind of dying out in the Gulf of Mexico. So we were watching that potential. And once Gamma kind of died out, that's when Delta really strengthened. I mean, you mentioned it. It went from a tropical depression to a category four hurricane in what, it was like 30 something hours. So it was pretty incredible. And that was another record we broke this year. 
Um, mm -hmm. Delta became the strongest Greek named storm ever. Now we've only gone into the Greek alphabet twice, so um, with these very strong storms, um, we were expecting you know this season to break a lot of records, and this was just another record with another Category 4 storm this yeah. season. And it wasn't the only one. We've had several major hurricanes. And we've had a lot of storms that have rapidly intensified this season too, which is something that we we're telling everybody to keep their eyes out on because we were expecting a few more stronger storms this year. Yeah, and with the La Nina fully in effect, it's just the wind shear is so weak mm -hmm. um, to non-existent, which means nothing can tear apart these storms really, unless there's some sort of dry air or something you know, affecting it. But with the really, the really warm waters, the low wind shear, these storms have strengthened quickly. Now, its first landfall was around Cancun, right? Mm -hmm. That's where it first hit uh, in the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. And it was only a Category 2, so it did yeah. weaken a little bit. And I don't want to say only a Category 2, that it still, still does. It still brought some gusty yeah. winds and storm surge onto the peninsula, and as well as some heavy rainfall, which that was really the theme for the storm was the rainfall because it brought us a lot of rain even when it wasn't tropical anymore. Right. And as Delta hit Cancun, it did weaken a little bit. Um, but, of course, 24 hours you know, before that, it strengthened into an incredible Category 4 hurricane. And, and you know, experts are saying that was the, the fastest 24-hour period of intensification since Hurricane Wilma in 2005. And that's the last time we went to the Greek alphabet. So this season is kind of mirroring 2005, which we were afraid would happen. Mm -hmm. um, as Delta went back into the Gulf, after it hit the Yucatan, I think it briefly weakened to a Category 1. It did, just for a few hours and right back to a Category 2. Yeah. And it was expected to keep on strengthening, but fortunately at landfall, it was not a major hurricane. Right, because we were concerned watching it, you know, get back up to uh, Category 3 status or close to it, and then luckily it was a 2. But, you know, we always say don't concentrate on the number mm -hmm. of the category. Um, because we've seen with past storms, even tropical storms can bring deadly storm surge. Mm -hmm. And that's the number one killer when it comes to hurricanes. So it did make landfall almost in the exact location as Hurricane Laura. Yeah, I think it was about 25 mile difference. Yeah, it was incredible um, that how close these two storms were uh, just, I think it was six weeks apart mm -hmm. from these two you know, hurricanes. And a lot of the people were still without power, yeah. some of them. A lot of them didn't have roofs to their homes. Yeah. So this was catastrophic, even though it wasn't a major hurricane at landfall. Right, and one interesting thing to note is the Lake Charles, Louisiana radar was still destroyed. It wasn't even working from Hurricane Laura. Uh, Hurricane Laura completely destroyed the National Weather Service radar in that part of Louisiana. Now there are numerous radars down there, so mm -hmm. we were still able to track it, but that one radar was still incapacitated, yep. it wasn't able to work, so. I know the National Hurricane Center was relying on buoy data for some of the information yeah. and then surrounding um, radars and other uh, instruments to get their records, because at landfall near Creole, Louisiana is where it did make landfall as a Category 2 hurricane. A Florida tower near Lake Arthur, Louisiana recorded a sustained wind of 77 miles per hour and a wind gust up to 96 miles per hour. And we always talk about the storm surge. We always talk about the rip current risk, Daniel. And at Canal Locks, Louisiana recorded storm surge over eight feet above ground level. And that's really the number one threat when it comes to these storms. Right, and you know, they were worried about double digit storm surge, you know, getting above 10 feet. And uh, we did see that with Laura. 
so we had some dangerous um, storm surge here with Delta as well. And uh, luckily, as it pushed inland, it did die pretty quickly or lose its punch, mm -hmm. I should say. But it still brought us some rain. Yeah, brought us some rain. It brought a large part of the Tennessee Valley some rain. It was really a rainmaker for the United States. Right, but today is my birthday, so I brought the sunshine. It's been cloudy and rainy the past few days, so <laughs> I'm glad the sun is out today. Mm -hmm. So improving weather. Um, but yeah, Delta breaking records. Um, I want to pull out my notes here because I wrote down uh, several records that Delta, you know, broke. So it was the 10th name storm this season to hit the U.S., to make landfall, and that was a record. Last time was nine U.S. landfalls in 1916. Now, I know we always bring up 2005, um, but 2005 didn't have as many direct landfalls in the continental U.S. So we had a lot of storms uh, in 2005 and more uh, deadly storms or causing more damage, but we didn't have as many name storms to hit the U.S. It was also the sixth name storm to hit the Gulf Coast, and that was a record too, tying the record, I should say. And as you mentioned, it was the 25th name storm of the season, but the 26th tropical cyclone. Uh, so, yeah, breaking lots of records, mm -hmm. and this season has been breaking records. Yep, and so. it's not over yet, Daniel. I That's hate that we keep saying that. But something we just have to keep saying because yeah. we don't want to see deaths from the storm. And we did see at least four with this one. Two of them were related to gas leak fires and somebody starting the generator in their house, which is something you should not be doing is starting the generator within your home. But also rip currents and the two deaths rip currents in was in Florida which wow. just shows how this storm was influencing the Gulf states. And wow. Florida's still warm this time of year. They're still in the 80s. They still think it's beach weather, and they're seeing mm -hmm. surf out there thinking they can go out in the ocean. But that rip current risk is still very big with these storms. And we've seen rip current risks, risks I should say, affecting Delmarva with hurricanes. Mm -hmm. Remember, we had Teddy out there. Um, and it was, you know, we say these storms could be a 1,000 miles off the coast, still influencing still. our risk. So that's something we just can't emphasize enough is that yeah. You really shouldn't be out there during tropical weather. Yeah, you just need to pay attention to the forecast and see if there's any tropical activity out there. Check your rip current risk. And another big factor with hurricanes, and you mentioned it, fires. I mean, fires almost always form after a deadly hurricane pushes through. That's just one of those things that happen that people don't think about all the time. Um, when power's knocked out and power lines are knocked down, you know, there's likely going to be some sort of spark or, or fires uh, that can happen. And you mentioned that generator accident, which is really unfortunate. Um, so, yeah, just try to be safe with these storms mm -hmm. and look at the experts for, you know, advice on what's the safest thing to do. Yep. And speaking of the rainfall for here on the peninsula, we did have coastal flood statements in effect through Tuesday about the area from the rain that we did receive from the remnants of Delta. We had about 1.25 inches of rain in Salisbury, uh, two inches of rain in Assateague, and 2.03 inches in Ocean City. So it was a rainmaker for us here. Yeah, for sure. And that was the average. We had one to mm -hmm. two or so inches of rain. There were some outliers or some areas that had some higher totals. I know some of our weather watchers called in with mm -hmm. over three inches, even over four inches in some spots. So there were definitely some isolated higher pockets, but overall one to two, one to three inches of rain with Delta. But Delta's long gone now. It's pushed out. So what's next? We should talk about 
the tropics what's next, and I guess locally in terms of temperatures and precipitation here on Delmarva. Yeah. So Epsilon would be the next name mm -hmm. on the Greek alphabet uh, when it comes to a potential tropical system. And the models are already starting to hint at a potential storm again, possibly forming in the Caribbean, Gulf mm -hmm. of Mexico area, maybe end of October. Mm -hmm. Still, days and days away. I know right now there is a disturbance out there, but only there about a 20% chance of it developing over the next five days. Favors really aren't favor or conditions aren't favorable for it rather. So they've actually been decreasing its chance of forming since yesterday. Good. Yeah. So we've seen in the past though, as these storms, they may not develop in five days, they may not develop in 10 days, but that little disturbed weather could still kind of mm -hmm. hang out there and, and wait for those favorable conditions to form and then it might do that. And that's what some models are possibly hinting at. There could be some sort of uh, disturbance in the Gulf at the end of October. Again, that is still ways out. It's just something we need to pay attention to and watch out for because we're still in this hurricane season until mm -hmm. November 30th. Yes, November 30th, not October, I wish. Um, let's talk about uh, temperatures, I guess. The six to 10 day outlook, it's changed. <laughs> Yeah, it just, has. Yeah, just Since yesterday. last night, I believe, or two nights ago, rather. Yeah, just the other day, it had a big trough on the East Coast uh, between the period of October 18th and October 22nd, and it brought in below average temperatures here across the East Coast. But now it has us right around average. I think uh, we're excluded from that cool now. I think it's yeah. Delmarva's pretty much has crossed out. We're going right. to stay a little average, a little warmer, But a I will say, longer. these Climate Prediction Center forecasts do change a lot. So it could change back. Um, do I see our pattern greatly changing soon? No, I still see the pattern we've been stuck in, which is several warm days, and then we get two days of like cool to chilly air. And that's what we're going to see this weekend. Yeah. Something I don't know if I'm excited for yet. I'm <laughs> happy that I don't work weekend mornings because <laughs> I've been seeing some models putting Dover at 38 degrees Woo! Saturday night, and I don't think I can do that yet. I'm not ready for that. Let's you might be Daniel, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm ready for snow. You know, I love snow, but I don't necessarily love the cold. So you want to be Olaf is what I'm hearing. You want to like, be able to like, have snow year-round, but stay warm. I knew I liked Olaf for a reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. I like the seasons. I like all the four seasons. I like the transitions. And it's exciting on TV to talk about big changes. So I'm kind of excited for the potential 30s Saturday night, the first time in months, mm -hmm. I think since May or June, that we've gotten into the 30s. So here we go. Um, we're stuck in that pattern though. We're just gonna have yeah. a few more cool days and models are showing us warming back up to the 70s by Monday. So yeah. we're going to cool down to the 60s this weekend, go back to some light jacket weather and we'll see from there. But I still don't see any crazy 90s or anything That's like true. really hot, which we had last October. My inner Floridian though <laughs> is just hoping for one more 90 what? degree day with a dew point of 75. Sloan, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> See, and the precipitation is looking about average too, which is good. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about precipitation because, um, yeah, pulling it up, it has average to, um, what did I click on? Six to 10 day outlook precipitation. I think they changed it. It has us above now, right? Am I looking at that right? These mine's popped up. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, looks like we have the six to 10 yeah. day now? popping up. So, you know, they've changed the forecast mm -hmm. here and there. Sorry if you guys heard a big bang. My mic fell on the floor. Um, Daniel but got too excited to talk about rain. I did. 
but I wish it was snow. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we'll see what happens over the next uh, six to 10 days, eight to 14 days. Um, but we've been in kind of an average pattern uh, for the fall. You know, mm -hmm. some warm days, some cool days, and some days that are just really rainy, and some days that are sunny, so. The good news is some nicer weather as we head into Thursday again, but Friday, more rain than a beautiful weekend yeah. in store for us if you like chilly starts. And mm -hmm. speaking of fall, I know we have that fall foliage graphic that mm -hmm. we like to show a lot, and we are reaching, you know, getting closer to the end of October week when we can really start to see the peaks in some fall foliage too, if you're excited for that. Yeah, I've noticed some of the leaves changing already in some spots, so it's slowly happening. Um, that's it for this podcast, uh, wrapping up Hurricane Delta, looking into the future of the tropics. Epsilon is next. We don't have a name storm out there, but could potentially happen. We've had storms, as we've mentioned in the past, uh, go into October and November. So we'll keep watching it for you. Keep it tuned to 47ABC News on social media, online, and we will be back next Wednesday for another podcast episode of WeatherWise.